in the process of the training, the following the practice of, of Buddha Dhamma, just as with every kind of human learning, absolutely ordinary, normal for the natural system of our life and finding our way in the world is that we make mistakes. We have a particular idea or a particular direction and then we take a turn that leads us off in a different direction. We find ourselves, instead of walking uh, westwards, heading towards Little Gadsden, we suddenly find ourselves in Markiate, over in the east, heading towards Luton. How did we get here? I was going west. What happened? How did I get turned around? We end up in the brambles, lost in the dark. This happens. It's an ordinary part of finding our way through the countryside in terms of, of uh, geography and going out for walks. And it's exactly the same way in the training of the mind, in the inner landscapes. So one of the important aspects of, of the training, of working with this mind, this body, this life, is that we need to learn how to fail. To relate to things not going according to plan, to getting distracted, having a conceptual understanding, saying, okay, it's all very clear to me exactly what needs to be done and how to do it. And then out of habit or confusion, lack of mindfulness, one of 10,000 different causes, we find ourselves lost in a tangle of doubt and aversion, obsession, caught up with some kind of conflict or some passion, some fear. This is a completely ordinary, normal aspect of developing the path, developing the practice, the training. If we expect to never make mistakes, we're really in the wrong program. Just like learning a language or like learning a musical instrument, necessarily along the way you forget the words, you get the pronunciation wrong, you get the, the word order wrong, the, you want to say something in the future and you just put it in the past. This is ordinary, this is how we learn. It's impossible to learn without making mistakes. Even the Buddha himself, even after his enlightenment, he made certain choices that had painful results. So he learned from them, okay? That didn't have a good effect, let's do it differently. So in this respect, there needs to be a uh, a skillful attitude towards 
what we call failure and also what we call success. The more the mind is committed to pride and ego, self-view, I want to get it right. I don't want to get anything wrong. I never make mistakes. I'm always right. I don't want anyone to know I got that wrong. I meant, I meant to do it that way. That was that's what I planned. You make these kind of excuses or ego-centered, self-centered reactions to, to making mistakes. And that only compounds the dukkha. It's like finding our way through the countryside. If you realize that you're, you're not on the path that you thought you were, when you realize you've taken a wrong track, turn around, go back. Similarly, when things go well, you put effort into some aspect of the practice, working hard at the meditation, at the qualities of restraint, being very careful, thoughtful, mindful, and then pleasant, beautiful results come from that. Similarly, if that's attached to with ego, with self-view, then it's, I'm really getting somewhere, I've really got my practice together, I'm really, I'm really doing well. That too is a state of dukkha, attachment, to what we think of as progress or success. The whole process of decision-making seems to be very personal. I decide to go this way. I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. I'm going to do this kind of practice. I'm going to sit for this length of time. I'm going to walk over there. Decision-making, choice, seems to be very personal. It feels like it's me deciding, me making a choice. But when that act of choosing, discriminating, is dismantled, and that's explored, examined, reflected on, then all of the different elements can be seen to be not-self. They're no more a personal belonging to a person, as is the, the, the shape of a cloud, the sunlight, the force of gravity. It's not personal. It feels like it's me choosing, me deciding. But that's really just the habit of appearances, attachment to the way things seem. When we come to a, a, a fork in the road, then the mind looks into memory. Where is it that there's the intention to go to? Remembering that and looking at the paths, making a, a, an assessment out of memory, intelligence. Then one of the two paths looks like it's the most likely to lead in the desired direction. 
then we start walking in that uh, in that chosen intended direction but that's put together from perception perceiving the fork in the road memory conceptual faculties intelligence the ability to act to move all of these in and of themselves they're not self perception is not self sanya anatta memory is not self sankara anatta all of them all the different pieces if you look at the anatomy of a decision all of the different elements are not who and what we are they're not a person they don't belong to a person so if a choice results in what we call failure why do we think of it as me failing i got it wrong i'm a stupid person i'm an idiot what do they think of me being so foolish how could it really be me as a success i've got it right i'm doing so well i've really got this together i'm really going places i'm really someone special it's ridiculous so the more that self view can be restrained not brought into the process of decision making and the more that failure and success can be related to can be dealt with with a quality of evenness with with wisdom with mindfulness with a, a centeredness where in the middle not varying to the either of the two extremes so when we make mistakes we get lost in the meditation get distracted get caught up in a memory in a fantasy anxiety worried about what somebody thinks of us worried about what we're supposed to do next worried about something that happened in the past excited about some possibility what are they cooking today the attention completely carried away in some in some kind of random direction lost in the different fields of perception memory thinking emotion and when that's noticed when it's realized the mind is lost in fantasizing or regretting reminiscing thinking into the into the future or the past when you notice just as if uh, you're walking through the countryside when you realize this isn't the direction i needed to go in then rather than adding on to that i'm a failure i can't even read a map i don't know what i'm doing i'm hopeless how many years have i been meditating how can i get lost again simply recognize oh this is the mind lost in a memory this is the mind fantasizing about the future here is a feeling of 
worry or excitement, fear, sadness. Then letting go, bringing the attention back to attune to the present reality. There's no need to add on to it any kind of self-criticism, self-hatred. No self-view is needed at all. Similarly, when things are going well, the mind starts to praise or get inflated or carried away or say, oh, I've really got it now. It's downhill from here on. This is easy. I've got the whole thing cracked now. Piece of cake. To realize the, the dangers of that, to not believe that, to know that as a, a judgment, let it go. Bring the attention back to the present to be open, aware, attentive to this reality once again. What we call failure and what we call success are necessarily very partial. They're relative, very dependent. I often encourage people to, to think back Five or ten years ago, think back to some event that was a real disaster. Was, you got fired from that job, you had a terrible illness, you got uh, into a, a fight with a dear friend. It was painful, it was a disaster, it was terrible. But then, five or ten years later, you can look back at that event that you never would have chosen you wouldn't have asked for that to happen. But then, in looking back, you can realize, well, that was actually one of the best things that ever happened to me. That illness, that, that conflict, being kicked out of that job. It was painful at the time, but actually a lot of good came forth, came forth from it. So, what does that say about failure, about things going wrong? Similarly, if we look back five or ten years, something we were really pleased about, something we were so happy, oh, it's really great, things are going so well, we feel it's a, a, a marvelous blessing, we're so happy, we're celebrating, everyone is cheering, hey, this is great, fantastic, well done, we're so happy. And then five or ten years later, we look back and can see, oh, I can't believe I was celebrating. Yeah, oh, what an idiot. Little did I know what I was letting myself in for. So happy, so pleased to get what I wanted, but I didn't have a clue of what it would lead to, or the complications that would come with that. So what does that say about success? They're always partial, failure and success, always relative. So, again, not only withdrawing self-view from decision-making and not looking at failure and success in terms of I and me and mine, but also 
considering what we call a failure or a problem, <clears throat> is that the whole story? We call it we call it bad or wrong, but is that the whole picture? Can some good come from this? Is there some way that this can be a source of of wisdom, of benefit, of liberation? Similarly, when there's success, things go well. Don't get drunk on it. Don't get lost in it. Don't assume that this means happily ever after. But rather, knowing, okay, this is a sweet taste. Things have gone well, things are very beautiful, very wholesome. Okay, this is a sweet taste. That's all. Leave it at that. You can reflect what will come from this. What might this lead to? This can bring all sorts of other conditions with it, difficulties and issues that I haven't even seen yet. A failure has a bitter taste to it. Success has a sweet taste. That's all. Sometimes getting the thing that you want is the biggest disaster. Sometimes losing the thing that you loved is the greatest blessing. Really take these principles to heart. Allow them in deeply to be fully acknowledged. Then see how that affects the way we relate to the choices we make and what the results are. When we call something a failure, be careful. When we call something a success, be careful. That way, everything will serve us. As Lumpur Chah would put it, liking and disliking are of equal value. There's no need to fear the one and praise the other. With a skillful attitude, all of it will teach us. All of it will support liberation. Liberation. 